Hello, and welcome to Carried Away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray. As the founder of the Bra Network, the Business Relationship Alliance, I have met some of the most inspiring women working as entrepreneurs, freelancers, founders, executives, and creatives, and I want to share their stories with you. So let's get carried away. Ooh, today I get carried away with Michelle Wolf, founder of Empower Her Purpose. Now, Empower Her Purpose brings together a unique mix of Michelle's 25 years of professional development, executive coaching, and global marketing expertise. She is the woman you want to hire when you need a coach. Well, let's get carried away. All right, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Um, All right, Carrie. I'm excited, Michelle, to have you Me here. Too. But you know, one of the first questions um, before, because I really want to talk about your coaching program. Um, mm-hmm and your approach. Cause I loved your website. I was diving into it. I was stalking you on LinkedIn. So I know all about it now, but I want to know Good if for you, <laughs> I do my homework. <laughs> like, you probably know more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I do my homework, but I want to know, um, what would you have said to me if I had asked 10 year old Michelle, what she wanted to be when she grew up, would she have said, I want to be a coach? Mm, that's a very interesting question. I would have to actually say no. Um, 10-year-old Michelle loved Barbies and she uh, was a, she definitely was a closet doll player, uh, late bloomer, played with dolls until she was around 12. So I would probably have told you the dream for me was to work at Mattel. And funny enough, I worked on Barbie and worked at Mattel. Um, So I feel like I fulfilled that dream. The dream looked a lot more different in reality. Sure. So as we were talking about earlier about naivety, um, I think the dreamer in me always sees the best in things and Mm -hmm. things like at their highest level. And so, you know, working in corporate America is not the same as playing with your dolls at home. Although we did play with dolls a lot. Oh, (laughs) what did you do for Mattel? Now I have to know. Oh, yeah. So I was in brand and corporate marketing for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. And my last full-time non-coaching job was actually working at Mattel. And I worked on pretty much every single brand. I was a brand marketer. Uh, and I did international marketing as well. So uh, except for Hot Wheels the, and Matchbox. Yeah, mm-hmm. those were the two brands I didn't work on. But yeah, that's what I did for a very long time. Loved it. I actually loved it. Some of the smartest people I ever worked with. That's incredible. Um, and then what made you leave that and then move into coaching and your Empower Her With Purpose program? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking. So, you know, to be honest with you, um, as corporate America, anybody who's worked in it knows that it's a grind and and all jobs are a grind on some level. However, um, the difference between working for somebody or with someone and working for a corporation is very, there are very two distinctly different things. Yeah. And um, I was definitely on a trajectory. I was growing. I was going to get my promotion and continue to grow. Uh, But in true honesty, I actually had a violent allergic reaction to stress. Mm -hmm. And um, I was asked by a doctor to um, describe my life and my lifestyle. And of course, I described the, you know, traveling to five countries in seven days and going directly from an international flight to an office and making presentations. And, um, 
you know, the very like, wow, look sexy from the outside, you know, but definitely wearing you out from the inside out. Sure. And um, he asked me uh, to make a, a, a decision. You know, it was actually a stranger. He was a doctor I had never met before. And he literally said, describe your lifestyle to me because there was really no signs of any food allergies, nothing. Mm -hmm. And I got hives all over my body. I ended up in the emergency. And of course, I was still saying that night I was going to end up at my presentation in the morning that I needed to be there. Of course. Yeah. Yes. And um, when I described to him my lifestyle of traveling everywhere and all these things, he said, you know, we're going to have to make some drastic choices and changes in your life. And in that moment, I started to tear up and I realized he wasn't wrong. And I love marketing. I will always love marketing. But what I learned about myself was you can change the environment, but you cannot change the person. So my personality is super intense and driven and has a desire to succeed and resilience and all those fancy buzzwords yeah. we all use. But um, is that healthy? Is that the right choice for me? So that's actually when I chose to resign from Mattel and look for what I really wanted to do. And I was a psychology undergrad major. And at that time, during that year that I took this sort of eat, pray, love moment, right, right. I found myself and I realigned myself. And at the time I was working with a coach and she said, have you ever thought about coaching? Cause I was, I was working for Disney during that year for an old general manager. And I was looking for what it was that I wanted to do. And, um, for the first time felt rudderless in my life, like was like, well, okay, I could do that, but do I want to do that? Well, I could right. take that job, but mm. You know, so she said, have you ever thought about coaching? And I said, what's that? You know, this was 17 years ago when there, there weren't really, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't fancy, right? you know, it wasn't cool. <laughs> and uh, she said, well, you know, you help people get, you know, to their goals, you help them achieve their dreams and you realize their purpose. And I said, I don't know, I like a product. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, well, they are your product. People are your product. I said, I get that but I've managed a lot of people. It's very difficult to get them to go where you want. Right. Yeah. And so in that moment, I decided to start exploring different areas within coaching. One of which was working at business schools. So I worked at USC and UCLA's business school doing career coaching and in their leadership training area. And that was my first stint into coaching and they paid for my coaching certification. Oh, nice. You could get like a free degree. But yeah. I was like, mm, I don't want an MBA. Like, mm, did that on no. Yeah. And I was like, how about you pay for this? <laughs> <laughs> Great negotiation skill. <laughs> I so love that's it. That's kind of how I fell into coaching. That was my first foray. It allowed me to test my skill set, allowed me to work for a reputable institution. In addition, selfishly, it allowed me to open channels in categories I never worked in. Like, beauty and, and, um, sports marketing. Cause I always said, well, if I went back into marketing, I might want to do beauty. I might want to do sports marketing. I'm not really sure where I would go, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So that was, that was kind of my first area of, of like how you got in there. Mm -hmm. I love that, you know, 
first off, you mentioned certified coaching because, you know, today in 2021, you can't swing a handbag without knocking down eight coaches, right? Um, At a networking event or on a Zoom call. But I I feel like like the, (laughs) the term coach is so broadly used that they're like, if someone is looking for a coach is looking like, how does that person ask? What should they ask? You know, like, are you certified? Is that like, is that cool lingo? Like, cause I feel like so many people, especially people who listen to this podcast are coaches, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they're just starting out. Should they get certified? I know it was positioned to you by UCLA, but I mean, yeah. don't, don't you think if you're looking for a coach, everyone, you want them to have some kind of training other than like, I'm a coach. Exactly. So, so, um, I highly recommend for any coach or someone, you know, cause it's such a loosely used term, right? Yeah. Um, there's health coaches. There's so many different types of coaches. Now I highly recommend getting certified. Yeah. So even if it's for the sheer purpose that you get certified, but you use it in your leadership skills or you use it in your day-to-day life and your family, Um, there are so many skills that come out of the certification that I have to say that even if I went back into the corporate world, you know, to do marketing and manage big teams, like it would be so helpful. Ah. And, um, and I believe that being certified is an important component of it. You know, you can take uh, the first part of coaching, meaning you don't have to go through the certification, but like, I think there's an intensive that you could do three or four workshops. Sure. Um, any bit of it is going to help you in life. Right. But the certification mm-hmm. program is devised to provide you an expertise and a specialty. And so it's interesting because I work alongside with and do workshops with somebody um, and, you know, different coaching programs teach different things too. Sure. Right. And um, I work alongside with and do workshops with a gal who is a, a marriage and family therapist, but she was never first certified as a coach. Her skills are actually different than mine. And I see it in how we coach and how we approach people. My style of coaching is very specific to um, co-active coaching. It's a designed relationship between me and my client. And in addition to that, on the listening level, uh, it is a deeper, uh, it's active listening, you know, and, um, there's not a me giving guidance or suggestions. It's me leading them by asking powerful questions to get to that aha moment, Ah. which is kind of like what we were discussing with the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. In my podcast, I kind of like it because I'm, I am listening to what they're saying. And that leads me to my next question because it allows me to remain curious and open to understand like, Ooh, I wonder what that's about. And that's how sometimes um, like it opens this whole channel in them that they weren't even prepared to discuss. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So those are conversations we've certainly had as well, but yeah. I love that. Um, I know for me, you know, I didn't really know, like when I think of coach, I think of like someone who's going to help me work out, Totally. Um, uh, but it wasn't until I did my first, you know, you know, um, year of, at broad network that I was like, I need some help in mm-hmm. like, what, what am I doing here? Like I had a great idea. I had a great warm audience, but I didn't really know 
what, how I was going to make that into a business. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I had the confidence and I had the funding, but I was like, how do I, and that's when I, my first time I found a business coach to kind of take me through branding and all the things. And a lot of the coaches we have in the network do a lot of that. But I think what's great when I was looking on your website was that your coaching comes with goals, but you start with an assessment. Mm -hmm. You start with kind of this big picture of getting, so tell me about the the process it is that you go through with your, I, somebody knocks on you. Yeah. Your client calls you and says, I need you, Michelle. Yeah. Well, so I think again, like one of the things that might be different about me than most coaches too, is that, so I'm a very, like, I'm about the integration between business and wellness. Right. Mm -hmm. And I lived it myself and going through my own transition. Right. Um, that I learned that both modalities are super important to have a whole person. So, um, I find that you find either like a spiritual coach or more woo woo coach, but Mm -hmm. they may not have the business skills, right. Or you find a business coach. So because of my background, you know, in brand marketing and corporate marketing for years, I am super business, but I am also, about telling you when it's time to stop talking and sit in and step yeah. in what it is that you really need to feel in order to allow that head to turn off and the heart to actually open for what the next um, next step might be for you, right? So, so um, in terms of my process is that when a, when a client calls me and says like, I really want to work with you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my first step is like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. <laughs> Who referred you? <laughs> Who referred you? Oh my God, did you find me on Yelp? No, just kidding. Um, no uh, funny enough, most of my clients are referrals. So anyways, um, the way it starts is with an assessment. And so some of those assessments are more formalized, like a Myers-Briggs or three oh, okay. assessments. Okay. So I'm certified in Myers-Briggs. I'm certified in the Enneagram. So I am, I don't, I'm very much not about like the labeling. Like, I don't like it when my personal belief system is, is that when somebody walks in and they're like, I'm an INTJ, right? And I'm like, well, that's great. That's your like, but what else? You know, because that doesn't define you. It's like, yes, I'm an ENFP or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but the reality is, is that you're so much deeper than those letters. It's like when you go to a therapist and they say to you, um, I'm, you know, they want to classify that you might be depressed, right? Or that you have anxiety. So those are the things that we know, right? But that doesn't define the whole part of you. So yes, we know that and that's your base, but how do we get you from where you are today to where you want to go? And there's always going to be obstacles. There's obstacles for all of us. There's obstacles for you, me, but it's about addressing those obstacles and moving through them. So we do some assessments. Some of them are values-based assessments. Mm. Some of them are personality profiles. Some of them are 360s. And in our first session, which is normally a discovery session, it's a two-hour session where we not only design our relationship, because the beautiful thing about coaching is that I get to figure out how you want to work with me. You get to tell me where the boundaries are. I don't have to share with you where my boundaries are. You're telling me how you like to be motivated how you like to be called out. We have these definitions at the beginning of our relationship. And from there, we actually then start to work into 
what are the things that are most important to you? We identify your five top core values. And then we start to move into strategies that are related to your goals. The goal happens after you are more clear on who you are. Ah, yes. Because Mm -hmm. the reality is, is that if you don't know who you are, then it's pretty difficult for you to move toward your goal. Then it's just like a matter of like doing a bunch of checklists. Yeah. And that's not really coaching. That's consulting. Yes. Yes. And I can do consulting. Yeah. I can do (laughs) consulting and I'll give you all the checklists. I'll write you a marketing plan. We could do marketing strategies, all those different things. But coaching is much more open-ended. It's much more about you doing personal development and growth to know who you are so that you can set those boundaries more clearly for people so that you can get to your goal. Cause you'll always be looking back on that and saying, Hmm, Oh, now I know that that's not something that I want to do because I've set a boundary for myself. So, um, and then we generally work, I mean, most of my clients, I work on a minimum of two months basis, okay. mm-hmm. you know, change doesn't happen over time. And I would say like, I've, I have some clients that I'm, I've spent a couple of years. I believe that it doesn't mean that we've been working consistently for two years. They might go off and try whatever that it is they're working on. And then they come back. And the beautiful thing about when, you know, when I mentioned to you about working at USC's business school and UCLA's business school is those students became my clients later in life, which to me is a testament to um, our working relationship, but also that they found um, satisfaction in the relationship. And um, so, yeah, so that's, I would say that it's been a really fluid, beautiful thing. I think it's interesting because you, first off, so it sounds like your coaching program is customizable. So you're not doing, it's not in a container that you're just replicating for each individual person. It's, um, a, it's a very specific experience, a very specific relationship. And by the way, not only that, um, if it's the women's group, that is definitely like within a container. Sure. So there are two hour workshops or two hour meetings, mm-hmm. nine times a year. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think what is also interesting is we spend, you know, all of our years growing up in school with, with teachers and our parents as our, you know, our leaders. And we, maybe we have, you know, maybe we play soccer and we have a coach there or we have a youth group, whatever. We have all these people guiding us. And then we get into college and we have our college counselor and then we graduate and they're like, okay, bye. Exactly. See ya. And, so, and so many people, myself included, are just kind of like, okay, well, who's the person to keep me accountable? Where's the person to help me sit down and do my goals? We lose that. And then we get overstressed. Like you were saying, we feel like we have to go, go, go work this corporate job, Mm -hmm. just like our parents told us we were supposed to do. And then inevitably, by the time we're 30 ish, we, we want to say F it and get out. And exactly like what, I wonder if this is just an American thing. If, if like, do, do all countries and cultures have the same phenomenon that the burnout and the stress and, and all that, are we just putting it on ourselves? It's that's more rhetorical, but in, you know, in your ex- an interesting question though, because yeah. I do think, I mean, having worked in international marketing, I, I think certain, certain jobs will always be that way, no matter which country you're in. Right. Yeah. Cause they're, but then that goes back into knowing yourself, right? Like, you know, like, for example, when I left the corporate world and I went to USC's business school, I was intent on like, oh, now I'm going to leave work at five o'clock. Yeah. 
but I realized there was like this opportunity <laughs> to fix things within the department. And so I was like, I'm going to do a business to business marketing plan and I'm going to, you know, have them recruit from our students in different categories that they're not. I didn't have to do that. I mean, I'm yeah. doing it because it's who I am. Right. And so that goes back to what I was saying about changing the environment and knowing yourself, knowing where the boundary is. Like, it's like at this stage in life, I mean, like I am always drawn to a dynamic work environment. Always, mm -hmm. Like I love like a fast paced changing, like always learning, which is why entrepreneurship works for me. But I have to be realistic because I have three children. I'm married, yep. you know, on and on and on. Right. Plus the business. So it wouldn't for me and what I want and everybody has their own, you know, version that wouldn't work for me at this time in my life. And you know, the, the, by the time it will work, I'll be too old to want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So what, uh, what is your, and you work with men and women, I'm assuming yeah. through your coaching program. Yeah. So Even when it's called empower, like that was a funny thing. Yeah. yeah. It's all good. We I always liked working with men. <laughs> I'm not that kind of feminist. Yeah. Right. I hear you. I hear you. Um, and there, I'm always willing to take men into the bra network. I just think there's something about my branding that keeps them a little. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. Why. I think it would be actually funny to have an event where you have like a bunch of bras on men. Yeah, right. Exactly. We, we can do a sizing. Yes, exactly. We can call them bros. Right, exactly. But I'm wondering. So, what are your clients feeling right before they know they need to hire you? Like, what? Where? Where are they in the mud before they're like, "I need a Michelle"? Yeah, that's a great question. I think they feel a little, they either have a specific direction. There's one of two types of people. Okay. They either think they know what they want to do. And then when they start coaching, they realize, Ooh, there's so much more I need to learn. Right. Mm -hmm. Or they're kind of lost and um, have tried a lot of different things and are receiving feedback. What is they're not getting called back for positions or, you know, they've tried different things that are not like if you're an entrepreneur, for example, Maybe it's that they're not able to generate momentum, meaning like people attending, like you and I have, we're lucky that we have a network that wants to come to our events. Sure. There are several entrepreneurs out there that can't congregate people. So, but then that goes back into, well, when you're starting a company, what are the important things to know about who you are and what your strength is and where you need to rely upon other people potentially to help you with those components, correct? The support, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Like, I think it's it's hard when you're an entrepreneur starting out and you think I have the best idea to build this widget or mm -hmm. I have the best service, you know, um, for my next beauty line. Um, but then having no idea how to market it, how to brand it, how to do anything. And what mistakes do you see among emerging entrepreneurs that you're kind of like, eh, I'll see you in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. coach. You know, the funny thing is I, I am sure like you, like, I don't, I, I try to be really objective. Right. Yeah. So like I had a company recently contact me to do, they actually wanted me to take a full-time position as a head of sales, which I was Kind of, I was flattered, but I was also like, huh, I wonder where they found my information. I mean, of course <laughs> I'm like LinkedIn, but it was, but then I looked at 
their branding and I was not uh, moved by it in the Mm. least. And I'm super particular about that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, they're not calling me to be their head of marketing or branding. They're calling me to be their head of sales. If you have to sell this, you have to believe in it. So you can either refer, like tell them the things that you think are mainly not possibly working for you, but then who are you? It's not your brand. It's their brand, right? It's so, so I think it's again, like knowing where your threshold is and being honest with yourself. Yeah. I look at eight different categorical areas when we're looking at coaching somebody, you know, um, financial, you know, uh, skills, like how does this fit in with your value set? um, location, you know, team, like, how did you feel? Like, cause people think that they're going to, if you don't fit within that corporate culture or within that company's culture, like you have your culture at Brown network, uh-huh. which might be different than, than my culture. Right. And, but it's, it, if you don't fit there, then it may not work for you. Right. So yeah. You know, it's, you have to evaluate, you have to slow down to evaluate. It's not just about getting a job and, you know, getting the money. It's so much greater than that. You know, it is much deeper than just posting it on Instagram and thinking, you know, all the clients are going to come running. I posted on Instagram. Where is everybody? You know, it, it is a fully, you know, running operating machine that is, should be your brand and business. Um, and I think there's a lot of, misconceptions out there, especially with, you know, beginning entrepreneurs new, new to just working outside of college and everything that they, they get glossed over by they thinking I just need social media. Um, I just need a pretty millennial pink and some palm leaves like I got here. And then everybody will come running. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But, um, what advice would you give to someone who's ready to start? They've got a great widget. They've got a great service or whatever it is. They've got a great coach. What branding advice would you give to someone who's about to launch? What's something they got to have? A unique point of differentiation. So I think one of the most important things is understanding where you fit in the marketplace uh, and what your unique point of differentiation, what's your offering that is different than other people. So you and I were talking about this before we started recording, or maybe we were recording. I'm not sure, but, um, (laughs) you know, it's like, we've been on a few of these like female owned communities calls. And I would say that when I, prior to getting on that call with you guys, I didn't really do too much research to see like what the difference was between all of us. Right. Mm-hmm. But then when I experienced us, cause I'm more of an experiential learner and I sit in and I really feel like, Oh, where is everybody and how are we all different? And we all have different personalities. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, and then I think I knew, Oh, I'm high touch, meaning like, you know, smaller groups and personal development and growth. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and yeah, we do networking events, but that's not my main thing. You know, that's the coach in me. Right. And so I think, and it's the whole, you know, business and integrated wellness. And so I think, um, you know, everybody needs to know, well, where do they fit? And as long as you have a market for yourself, um, then it'd be great. So from a branding standpoint, I think key point of differentiation. And I think the second thing is, you know, really just 
identify like one thing that you want to be really good at. Um, Mm -hmm. Because as you're saying, there is so much noise in the marketplace right now. Um, There are so many coaches. You cannot come over with a purse, as you said, you know? um, And I think the thing is that it's easy to get distracted by all that noise. If people don't know what you stand for. So, you know, the thing is, is that for me, I never wanted to be like the quaffed perfect person. That's not who I am. I wanted people to know that they could learn by the imperfections, you know? Oh, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's like you and I were just on Clubhouse and, you know, I jumped right into Clubhouse and was like, all right, well, here's our opportunity to like make a difference on Clubhouse early when, you know, not everybody and their grandmother's on it. But then I quickly was reminded like, ooh, stay your course. Like, yes, you can go onto Clubhouse and participate and do different things. But is that where you want to spend your time? Yeah. If you're running your business and you have so many things, and, and especially when you're an entrepreneur like me, you don't have a big team. Right. So if you if you're going to take one or two hours a day on Clubhouse, what does that mean for these other things? Unless somebody's saying, "Hey Michelle, I really want you to be the moderator." Right. And that's different. I would totally like I'd be happy to do that. But it's easy to get distracted like, "Well, how come you're not on Twitter then?" You know, like you know, it's funny because I never use LinkedIn that much for social networking, but I realize because it's like people would just ask me to link in. I'd be like, yeah, sure. But now I'm realizing, oh, well, if you have a podcast, you should really have been working on your LinkedIn more. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, but when LinkedIn launched, it was about looking for a job. Yeah, it was very different. It wasn't social media when no, and now it is. Yeah, it's definitely changed. But like you said, like I think it's just like I know that I know that I have a market on Instagram. Thank God I got in, you know, before Instagram just the algorithm totally changed. Right, that's all. So you know, like I have that. Okay, great. Well, that's my stable. Then what else can I kind of play on? to see where I could still make a difference. But Instagram's awareness. Yes. Yeah. What do you think for a coach? Yeah. Where do you get your biggest ROI? Is it emails, blogs, emails and blogs? Yeah. Same. Same. hundred percent. Yeah. That's the conversion. Like I haven't seen the conversion on Instagram. Either have I, I mean, I get awareness and people get my messaging and they think it's cheeky and, you know, I get some followers, but yeah. And then I'm just like, get in my funnel, girl. Come on, get in my funnel. Get in my funnel. It's fun in there. Um, But (laughs) I agree. I've had, and I do the same thing. I mean, I'm in so many email funnels and every once in a while, I'm like, I do need that shirt from Club Monaco. Thank you for emailing me 8,000 times. (laughs) Exactly. Like how many, But and that's the thing, like as a small business owner, we're not Club Monaco, right? So we can't afford to be pinging people like a million times, you know, we might be able to afford to ping them five times. So that's not enough to make them out. Yeah. No, No, it's really not. And, and it takes, I honestly, what was a game changer for me was um, working with a digital marketing manager because I knew I wasn't again, learning another CRM was like learning a foreign language. Um, So instead 
hiring someone that was worth it. It was my first employee. Um, and she is, I, I mean, she's what elevated me, elevated the brand, elevated my exposure to give me time so I can do this. Cause this is what I really love. I love mm-hmm. talking to other That's entrepreneurs. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm just like you, I'm genuinely curious. I just mm-hmm. like, mm, tell me more. That's why I don't really have a formal set of questions when you come and get carried away with me. Cause sometimes yeah. Off and I tangent. love the name. I love oh, the name. Your marketing is really good. Thank you. You hear that, Allie? Are you listening? Allie, Allie. <laughs> nice you job. Hey, Allie. <laughs> I now you mentioned Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what I like you. Um, I'll moderate if I'm asked and everything. But for me to just sit on it and just kind of scroll through the rooms or whatever, are you, do you see the because it's hard because there's no you know, your profile, there's no CTA. There's nothing mm-hmm. we can put in there except totally. follow me on Instagram. Yeah. Are you, what are your predictions on how Clubhouse is going to have to evolve to keep us all hanging out there? Because right mm-hmm. now, yeah, I'm gaining followers and I'm learning great things, but I'm not, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to keep us all there. Yeah, I mean, I actually see Clubhouse like true networking. Mm. That's the way I see it. So if your game to develop relationships with so many of those people that are very uh, influential, frankly, uh, on Clubhouse and your game to like check out their profiles and sit on their, you know, Clubhouse uh, chats and all that stuff, then I, I see it as it could be like super invaluable. And that's why when you, in my opinion, when you sit on like some of those billionaire entrepreneur ones that I've caught myself sitting on forever, yeah. um, why you have these really wealthy entrepreneurs on these calls is because they can't get to these people as quickly as they can through this app. Very good point. Yeah. And so that's what I see the benefit. Like, you know, I, again, going back to that epiphany I had in March when I took my daughter to Boston for the colleges, I just had to really like evaluate. Cause it's funny. I was moderating this chat of like a lot of wellness people and, um, but it, you know, to get people on your call requires a lot of marketing, right. Yes. And mm-hmm. a lot of outreach. And it's that same hustle that you do on so many of these different things, but because, and I'm not saying it's not worth it. It is. Right. But I decided personally that like I was going to try to find a few people that I wanted to make relationships with that perhaps could empower me, like help me understand that are, that are experts in it, that are, that, cause it's, it, in my opinion, maybe it's not rocket science to, to do these things, but they clearly have paved the path and the way. So it's maybe important for me to learn from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of, that's, I haven't actually been on it in like a couple of weeks cause I've been trying to focus, sure. but I do feel like it's one of those things where people expect you to be on it every day in some way, you know? Yeah. And yeah. It, it, yeah. Um, and we have to be picky. I just think you need to be picky and yeah. your time and it's okay to be like unplugged because we're just going to replicate everything you were leaving and having, you know, stress and having a physical reaction to stress. You know, I feel like if we don't take the moment, I love that you Im- embed wellness into your, your, your group with empower her. I think that's really, really important, especially with your coaching. 
because so many, it's just like, go, go, go. Um, you have to have five funnels working and you got to have your Hootsuite all scheduled and you're planning and doing all the things. And then you can have the time to read on a beach. You're like, when would I have any time? Exactly. When am I? When when is this time? Where's this time coming from? Well, I mean, and let's be realistic with each other. I mean, like we definitely need to hit our deadlines. Right. And we definitely need to know our threshold for what we're willing to accept. Right. Like how much money do you want to make back into the number? I mean, as you know, like I, I also sell beauty counter and I have a team of over a hundred salespeople on beauty counter. So again, like people ask me often, like, well, how do you do it all? Well, I do, I set a structure for myself. Like if I know that I want to like make X amount of money, Mm -hmm. then I have to back into my number, just like I back into the number for empower. Right. And I love, I, I didn't know that you were a beauty counter. I am. Yes. That'll happen. Cause I was running girls groups Ah, uh, three years ago. Mm-hmm. I right. love the face oil. Love it. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. It's I amazing. Love- I was actually just doing this, um, this demo, this, I was, um, if you bought a face oil, like basically I would gift you a gua sha and I did a gua sha workshop. Do you know what gua sha is? Uh-uh, um, I'm going to have to show you. Yeah. It's a facial tool that basically allows you to increase circulation and also reduce muscle tension. I'll, I'll, uh, oh, okay. see each other in person, I'll bring you one and I'll do it on you. It's amazing. Like, and, um, yeah, it totally reduces your fine lines. It helps re- uh, decrease fascia. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool. But anyways, yeah. So, um, yeah, beauty counter happened because my daughter, so through the community people had, cause women always want to invest in their children. Yes. Not always in themselves. <laughs> and so they said, well, I wish you would do these groups for girls. Like I, I want my daughter to be so confident, blah, blah, blah. And so of course I said, yes. And then, um, my daughter said, you know, mom, one of the ways that girls connect is, you know, there in people in my generation are all about environmental concerns and also like purpose-driven missions, blah, blah, blah. Sure. She's like, you should think about having somebody from beauty counter there. And I was like, yeah, but it's not about makeup and bubble skincare. She's like, no, 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 it's not about that. It's about another way that they could relate and have something mission driven. I said, oh, okay. So I called a friend and she basically said, um, I said, send a person. <laughs> and she said, uh, well, why, why would you leave money on the table? I said, what are you talking about? Money on the table, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And she's, I said, well, all right. How much money do you make? And then she told me, and I said, oh, wow. I had no idea you were making that for all those years. (laughs) So the long and short is she's like, look, I'm just saying, think about it. So I ended up joining and I ended up becoming a director very quickly. Knock on wood. It was great. And honestly, it's been an amazing community and a side thing. And these women that I work with on beauty counter, I mean, I got doctors on my teams and lawyers and, you know, because it's purpose driven. Yeah. So it's very different than most direct selling companies. Um, actually, Greg, the founder, lives in my my own community. So oh, wow. um, what a small world. And, the, you know, there's other direct sales companies like One Hope Wine uh, uh, that is purpose driven. And yes. you know, each wine has a, you know, a nonprofit paired with it and everything. Um, and you're not selling snake oils. I'll tell you what, exactly. because that face oil, I will buy forever because <laughs> it is. I know, right? It is really good. Favorite. 
And it's also, I love that it's, you know, non-toxic and all the things. I don't mean to plug beauty counter right now, but it's good stuff, everyone. <laughs> I know we're talking about branding and coaching, but side but note. They're good. They're good. Yeah. It's, it's good true. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> love that. So yeah, that's an offshoot of something that like I found the inner salesperson in me. Like I never thought of myself as a salesperson because marketers always think they're different than salespeople. So, (laughs) (laughs) so true. So true. Well, before we wrap up, what advice would you give to someone who's building a coaching brand? What's Mm -hmm. something you learned while you were first building and first starting out? What advice would you give them? Is it, do they have to have great messaging clear on their offers? What do you think? I mean, I think nowadays it's very hip to have like a program. Um, But in my opinion, that if you have like a gift of healing or touching people in any way, I think get started initially by offering your services for free. Like if you join the broad network, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, um, start to work with some of the entrepreneurs there and ask them if you can coach them for free. So, or for a certain period of time and then convert them to a real client So, I mean, in any business, the best way to start out is through your network. Your network is your net worth, right? And I don't think that anything that I did in my career happened. It never happened the formal way, meaning like I never received one job through applying through ZipRecruiter or the headhunter or whatever. Right. I have gone in through that way, but it wasn't, that's not the way I got the job. The job was always through networking. And so, and similarly, when I launched Empower, um, I remember specifically speaking with a friend of mine who actually was in marketing and became a coach. And she contacted me about how to get started in the business of coaching and I had suggested to her, you know, some of the best ways is by working at some of the business schools or work because she had a business background, mm-hmm. but you can work at, you know, one of the city colleges doing career counseling. Oh, yeah. And then from career counseling, you could transition into true coaching. Um, but what I would say is that she said to me, you know, Michelle, you don't need to launch in, in LA in this area. You know how hard it's going to be, right? You know, like celebrity coaches and this and that and that. And I said, you know what? I said, it's okay. I want to. I said, you know why? Because if I make it here, then I can make it anywhere. That's for sure. (laughs) Right? That's so true. I love that, Michelle. Thank you. Really quick, before we wrap up, I always ask my guests things they get carried away about. So you and I are going to do that. Um, During the pandemic, what has been keeping you entertained? What is something you've gotten obsessed with? Maybe it's Netflix, podcasts, reading, gardening. Are you one of those people that bake the whole time? What are, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? I'm not a bread baker. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I would say that I became obsessed with Stranger Things. The Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I loved it because it was like '80s related, but yeah. then also so relevant to today. So that that was definitely and. I am very obsessed with like quote books. Oh, okay. In fact, I'm, I have one. I need to produce it, but I have it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Not at all what I was expecting. Now, once COVID ends tomorrow, we're free and clear of never, it's gone. You're able to hop on a plane. Where are you going? You can go anywhere in the world. 
Where? I'm going to Fiji. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Have you ever been? <laughs> I have never been to Fiji, actually. Like a friend of mine is turning 50 and she wanted to do that for her 50th birthday with girls. And um, of course, it's maybe not open till November, so we're not going. But yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do. I Love see that. myself there. I see you there. Big floppy hat mm-hmm. on a beach with a coconut. Or maybe it's a papaya. I don't know what they have in Fiji. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe both. both. Um, Last question. What is something that you cannot stand that people get so carried away about? I'll give you an example. I cannot stand matcha tea. I people love this tea and I cannot wrap my head around. It tastes like dirt to me. It just, I don't get matcha tea and I don't think I will ever take a cruise. Those things terrify me. Oh, cruises. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. <laughs> I actually performed on a cruise when I was like in high school, like doing choir. I used to sing choir. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so what is something, so I have to say, so it's funny, you know, I started my career in entertainment after college and I know people are obsessed with celebrities. Um, but I am not like, and I think of them as just like normal people. They have Mm -hmm. problems just like we do. Um, it's not to say that I don't think they're impressive and that they don't have amazing skills because they do, but I don't get like carried away with like, if I see a celebrity, I'm not like, Oh my God. Right. You don't get starstruck. Yeah. I would get more (laughs) starstruck about like, you know, Deepak Chopra or the Dalai Lama or, Mm -hmm probably because they touch souls, you know, yeah. or Oprah, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. You know kind of I think I would gush if I saw Michelle Obama in person. Yes. Like, Ooh, hi, can we be friends? <laughs> exactly. Totally. <laughs> right. But if it was Angelina Jolie, I'd be like, oh, it's Angelina Jolie. Exactly. <laughs> At Target, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, and we're in LA. So we see them. Yes. You know, being normal people at Whole Foods and yelling at their kids. It's like, absolutely. We are, we are very used to it. But anytime I have family who's visiting and we, they happen to see a celebrity or someone they know at a Starbucks, they're just big eyed. And I'm just like, Oh, come on, let's go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cause I feel like people often will be like, Oh, will you, you know, like, do will we see that? I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> I had a cousin visiting from Florida. Uh, this was so long ago when I first moved to LA, I was like in my early twenties and we were on Venice beach. And mm. while we were on Venice Beach, Arnold Schwarzenegger was riding a bike. This is how young his kids were. And he had one of those like carriages that attached to the back of oh, the yeah, bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, there was a kid in it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So we, we saw this celebrity. Two days later, we had an earthquake. And I was like, your LA experience is done. You've had an earthquake mm-hmm. and you've had a celebrity. Go back to Florida. <laughs> like, totally. You've had it all. You've had it all. Like, what more do you want? There's the ocean. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Michelle. This has been really, really fun. I'm glad you got carried away with me today. Loved it. Oh, I'm so grateful for this time and that you invited me on. And I just think you're doing amazing work in the world. And I love it. I love everything about what you're doing. And I'm grateful to be a part of it and grateful we met. 
Me too. Isn't the world interesting? We met through a group text, everybody. Just so you know, that's how Michelle and I met. I'm like, she seems cool. Right? I like her comments. Exactly. <laughs> I like exactly. her emoji use. It's very appropriate. Exactly. <laughs> I do love emojis. I hope you learned something new. Now, if you are a female founder, thought leader, disruptor, and you're like, I can be on that show, then you need to email me with some topics. Email me directly, carrie at bra-network.com or send me a DM on the IG at bra underscore network. I'm always looking for fabulous, fierce females to feature. And hey, if you're a guy, I'll feature you too, because we all have knowledge to share. Until then, thank you for getting carried away. Go ahead and like and subscribe to all the things and all the places. Until next time, have a great day. 